so we'll go ahead and get started. And we've got Kelly joining us tonight. Kelly has actually already gone through Karis Healing University. And also, it's, it, you can't hear it too much. No. You know, you just can't hear it too much. And so we always, um, always want to keep, I know for myself, I always like to keep healing scriptures going or something, yes. you know, because at any time the enemy can try to, try to attack us, but we got to be ready and armed when he, when he shows up. So I think that's important. So, Father, we just thank you so much for your goodness toward us. We thank you that you have provided our healing in Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father, for this um, time together. And as we prepare our hearts to receive everything you have for us, Lord, we just um, welcome you here and thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, we'll get going. The others may come on in, and if they do, that's fine. Well, welcome to another session in uh, Healing University. I tell you, I know that this is changing people's lives, and I've already ministered a couple of times. We've had some other yeah, instructors minister, and today what I want to share with you, uh, I'm going to apply it directly to healing, but actually... This is something that the Lord used to just transform my life in every single area. This is like a foundational truth to me that is just, I've actually uh, used it this way before. It's like somebody stuck a key in my brain and unlocked it. This just opened everything up to me. And specifically in the area of healing, if you can understand what I'm talking about today, this will help you to receive, I believe, as much as anything that God has ever shown me. So I've got an entire series on this that I've entitled Spirit, Soul, and Body. That title uh, uh, is unique to me. This is the way that God revealed it to me, and I'll give some explanation about that. But many people would refer to this as who you are in Christ, your true identity, all of these different ways of referring to it, but what it amounts to is that when you got born again, your physical body didn't get saved. Your mind didn't get saved. You still have the same physical body. If you were a man or a woman before you got born again, you're still going to be a man or a woman after you get born again. Your mind doesn't instantly change. Now, it's subject to change. You can renew it and you can reprogram your mind, but your body and your mind your personality part don't instantly change, but in the spirit, you became a brand new person. And this is the secret that just transformed me is that in the spirit, I already have everything that I will ever have in eternity. My spirit is not in the process of growing. Now, I'll mention some of these things in more detail, but just uh, as way of introduction, some people believe that when you get born again, you get born again with the baby spirit. That, you know, it's like a baby it has all of its fingers and toes, all of the parts are there, but it's immature and it has to grow. And people will often speak about that. I'm trying to get the word down into my spirit. I'm trying to get my spirit to grow. I'm growing spiritually. I'm going to show you through the word. Now, when you got born again, you weren't given an immature baby spirit that has to grow. In the spirit, you are as complete 
and perfect right this moment as Jesus is. And I'm going to give you scriptures that will verify this. But what this means to healing is that you have the resurrection power of Jesus living on the inside of you. It's not out there somewhere that you've got to pray it down and get through the demonic forces, uh, you know, separating you from the power of God. And it's not in you in some immature, undeveloped form that you've got to somehow or another increase and grow in order to be able to obtain. The moment you got born again, you became a brand new person and you have the fullness of the Godhead living in you bodily. You have all of the faith that you could ever have. The scripture says that you have the faith of Christ in you. You have the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. I'm going to give you scriptures that will explain all of these things. They're already in you, but it has to come through your soul and into your body. And so the real problem in the Christian life is that you are complete in Christ, in your spirit. You're as perfect as you will ever be in heaven. You aren't progressing towards becoming better. Now, you are in your mind and in your body, in your actions, but in your spirit, you are as perfect and complete as you will be a thousand years from now in eternity. Your spirit is perfect and it has the supernatural healing power of God living on the inside of you, but you got to get it through your soul and into your body. And so that's what I'm going to be discussing today. And if you can understand this, it changes everything. Because, you know, if let's just say that healing was over there. And if I say, all right, I am going to be healed. And I start heading in that direction. But did you know by the very fact that healing is there and it's not here, well, then there is a possibility that I may not make it. I could trip and fall. Something could happen. Somebody could tackle me. Something could happen so that I couldn't make it. But if I say that healing is here, I'm already here. How can I not receive what I've already got? Once you start understanding that you've already got it, that healing isn't out there and that you've got to do something to get it. Once you understand that you already have this supernatural, miraculous healing power of God on the inside of you, and it's a matter of releasing what you already have instead of trying to get something that you don't have. Once you understand that, that is a huge, huge difference. It is so much easier to release something that you have than it is to get something that you don't have. And hopefully that's going to become crystal clear to you. So again, real quickly, let me just give a little bit of my testimony that I had an experience with the Lord. March the 23rd, 1968, I saw the love of God. I was caught up in the presence of God. And I just had a wonderful encounter with the Lord. But after about four months, it wore off. That's really probably not the right way to say it. It's not like what God does has an expiration date. But I was attacked and I was criticized so much that I finally took my eyes off of the Lord. And like Peter, when I quit looking at the Lord, I began to sink. And I lost my uh, sense and awareness of God's love and presence for me the way that I'd had it for those four months. And then desperation set in and I started seeking God to get it back 
I didn't know what I did to make it leave. I didn't know what I had to do to get back this love and this presence of God. And praise God, I was drafted and sent to Vietnam, which turned out to be a tremendous blessing because I had nothing to do except just sit and study the Word all day. And for 13 months, I just spent anywhere from 10 to 15 hours a day studying the Word, and God began to teach me some things. And this is one of the truths that just revolutionized my life. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 Verse 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And you know, I was reading this one day, and I was just communing with the Lord, and I told him, I said, Lord, I know that I'm in you. I know that I have a relationship with you. I know that if I was to die, I would go directly into heaven. But... I cannot truthfully say that old things have passed away and all things are become new. You know, I was an introvert and I couldn't look at a person in the face and talk to them. I had all kinds of uh, problems with just, you know, emotional things, all kinds of stuff. And I could just see all kinds of problems in me. And yet this says that if you were in Christ, which I knew I was in Christ, old things have passed away. Behold, all things it didn't say some things. It says all things are become new. And notice it didn't say that all things are in the process of becoming new. That this little seed hasn't been planted and it's growing into something. It's not like you are a baby and then you are growing into maturity. This just said it was a done deal. And I could look at my life and see all kinds of things that hadn't changed yet. And so I was just communing with the Lord, and I said, God, I know I'm in you, but I can't see this in my life. And I just asked the Lord, I said, what's the answer to this? And let me share one other scripture with you here that the Lord spoke to me. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and in verse 23, he's praying a prayer, and he says, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that verse, there's many others, but this one puts all three of these parts into one verse and makes it just very clear that you have a spirit, soul, and body. Some people say it this way, you are a spirit. That is the real you. That is the driving force. And you have a soul and you live in a body. But there are three parts to you. And did you know that functionally, I only recognized two parts to me. I knew that I had a physical body, and I knew that there was an inner part of me that had feelings and emotions, my personality part. Like you can walk up and you can touch a person, and they can feel you touch them in your body. But you could also say words, or you could write a letter or a text to somebody and you could also make them feel either love or hatred, rejection, anger, whatever. There's a part of you that isn't physical. It's emotional. It's, it's what the Bible calls the soulish part of you. And I recognize those two parts. Everybody understands this. You know, if I was to ask you right now, are you hot or are you cold? You don't have to say, well, let me pray about it and I'll study and I'll come back and tell you tomorrow how I... How, whether I'm hot or cold. No, you just instantly, you're in touch with your body. You know what's going on. 
And if I was to ask you how you are emotionally, are you happy or are you sad? Are you encouraged or discouraged? Are you angry or bitter or whatever? You just know these things. You constantly are in touch with the physical and the soulish realm. And I was aware of that, but honestly, I thought that's all that there was to me. And did you know that even a lot of Christians, a lot of theologians are confused on this? Because if you look the word spirit up in uh, the Strong's Concordance, it will define it as the immortal soul. And a lot of people actually use the term spirit and soul interchangeably. And uh, they, they just think that it's talking about the same thing. But this verse, 1 Thessalonians 5.23, says that you, I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless until the coming of the Lord. So that verse makes it very clear that you are three distinct parts. You aren't two parts. And if you don't understand this, then this is really going to hinder you in this area of healing. Because say, for instance, you will pray for God to heal your body. And the scripture says in Mark chapter 11, verse 24, that you have to believe you receive when you pray, not when you see it, not when the pain is gone, not when the doctor verifies that you've been healed, but you have to believe that you receive when you pray. And if all you think that exists is just your physical body and then your soulish realm, your mental and emotional, what many people call the personality, if you think that that's all that exists in you, well, then you're going to sit there and search your body and search your feelings. And if you can't preserve or, or perceive healing, then you're going to think, well, nothing's happened. But see, there's a third part of you. And that third part is the spirit man. And the spirit realm is different than this physical and soulish realm. You know, there's another verse in John chapter 6, verse 63. And he says, it's the spirit that quickens. The flesh profits nothing. The word quicken means to make alive. So it's your spirit that gives life to you. Another verse that goes along with this is James chapter 2, verse 26, where it says, as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. And so the spirit is what gives life to you. When you take the spirit away, then your physical body collapses. It's the spirit that gives life. This is what Jesus was saying back to John 6, 63. It's the spirit that quickens the flesh profits nothing. And then the last part of that verse says the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Now, this is important because God's word reveals the spirit realm to us. You know, if you want to know what's going on in your physical body, again, I could say that you just constantly know if you're hot or if you're cold, if you're tired, if you're uh, energetic, if you have pain, if you're weary, sleepy, whatever. You constantly monitor the physical realm and your emotional realm. You constantly are in touch with that. You constantly have an awareness of whether you are Angry, bitter, happy, sad, whatever. You monitor the physical and the soulish realm. But the spirit realm, you cannot discern it except through the word of God. Well, through the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the one that communicated the word of God to us. Let me give you another passage over here in James chapter 1. And this is talking about 
the word of God, how that it reveals the spiritual to us. And it says um, in verse 23, for if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his face, natural face in a glass. This is talking about in a mirror. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forget, forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, that's talking about into the word of God, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful here, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. So the word of God here is saying that looking into the perfect law of liberty, the word of God is like looking into a physical mirror. You know, here's a thought that most of you have probably never thought about, but did you know that you have never seen your face? And some of you think, well, I see it all the time. I see it every day. But see, you look in a mirror and what you see is a reflection of your face. How do you know that that reflection is accurate? You know, I've stood in front of mirrors before that make you look tall and skinny or short and fat. They can distort things. And I admit that, you know, most of us have good mirrors and what you see is probably an accurate representation. But my point is you aren't really looking directly <laughs> at yourself. You are trusting a reflection. And, you know, this is one thing I learned when I went on television, that when you look in a mirror and if I hold up my right hand, did you know that the mirror image, it's the left hand of the person in the mirror? But when you are on television and you hold up your right hand, instead of it being the, the mirror image's left hand, it's the right hand. And it's confusing. Like if you have lint on your shoulder, somebody says it's stage left mm -hmm. instead of on your, on your shoulder or something because it's different. Anyway, my point is that when you look in a mirror, you aren't really seeing the actual thing. You have never seen your face. You have trusted a reflection of your face or a picture of your face or a drawing of your face. But you have never seen your face. Did you know, likewise, you can't see your spirit, but there is a reflection of it. And it's the word of God. The word of God tells you what is in your spirit. And this is what just transformed my life because before I got this revelation, I knew that the Bible said God loved me, but I didn't feel like God loved me. And because there wasn't any physical sensation, I didn't have a, a chill running up and down my spine. And then if I didn't feel the love of God, I would just assume that there wasn't any love because after all, all I recognized was just the physical body and then the uh, emotional part of me. But when I got this revelation that when I'm in Christ, all things have passed away and all things have become new. That's not talking about my body. My body hasn't become new. Like I said, you know, if you were a male, you're still going to be a male. If you were fat before you got saved, you'll still be fat after you get saved. Your body doesn't instantly change and all things become new. Now, we've got a promise that it's been purchased. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, it talks about that there is going to be a incorruptible body. We have a body reserved for us. And I believe that this body is going to be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. But that's yet to come. I don't have my glorified body. And the scripture also reveals in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 
that now we see through a glass darkly, but there is coming a day where we will know everything even as we are known. We are going to be totally renewed in this physical mind. But my body and my soulish realm have not changed yet. But according to 2 Corinthians 5.17, I am in Christ and I am a new creature. And in that spirit realm, I am completely brand new. And I now have the faith of Christ. I've got an entire teaching on that, the faith of Christ. Uh, that's the very first teaching I ever put out. You don't need more faith. You've already got perfect faith. You need to re renew your mind and learn how faith works and cooperate with it and draw out this supernatural God-given faith that was given to you at salvation. Likewise, everything else, healing is already in you and you have the perfect healing power of God in you. Let me read some verses to you on this out of Ephesians chapter 1. And the Apostle Paul is praying for the people in Ephesus. And he says in verse 15, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints. This is Ephesians 1, 15. Now verse 16. Cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Before I go on and read the rest of this, pay attention to what he's praying. He's not praying that, oh God, touch them, give them something more, do a new work, pour out your power upon them. That's not the way he prayed. Now, that's the way most people pray today because, again, they only acknowledge the physical body and the soulish realm. And if they can't see the power of God in their life and if they can't feel it in their personality part, then they don't think that anything is happening. So they say, oh God, just pour out your love on me. When the Bible says that he's already abounded towards you in love out of Romans chapter 5. He's committed his love towards you. You already have Galatians 5.22, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. That's what this mirror, when you hold it up, it says you've already got it. But most people can't see it because they are only searching their physical body and their mental, emotional part, and they are not aware of who they are in Christ and what they have in Christ. And so if they can't see it or perceive it emotionally, then they think it doesn't exist. And so they'll say, oh God, just pour out your love on me. The truth is you've already got the total complete package of God's love on the inside of you. You don't need more love. You need to renew your mind to what the word of God says you already have and start believing it and releasing it. And it's the same thing with healing. People are saying, oh God, heal me. And then they search their body. And if they still have any pain or any problem, or if they don't feel anything, if they didn't have a rush of emotion or something, they think, well, God didn't do anything. But it says in John chapter 4, verse 24, that God is a spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. You connect with God through the spirit, not through your physical body 
and not through your soulish realm. Now that could take more explanation because there are physical things that happen. There are emotional times that God touches you, but those things are byproducts of what is already taking place in the spirit. To worship God, you have to connect with him in spirit and in truth. And you need to recognize that you've already got it. Paul right here is just praying, God, open up their eyes. He's not asking God to give you anything new. When you got born again, you became complete in him. Colossians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. You got everything you will ever need, not only in this life, but in eternity. Your spirit is as perfect and pure right this moment as it will ever be in eternity. But you've got two other parts to you, the body and the soul. And if you don't get them into agreement, you could keep this life of God, the healing power of God that's in your spirit, trapped there and it could never be released. So Paul isn't praying, God, give them something new. Do something new. Rather, he's praying, open up their eyes that they could see what they already have. And in verse 19, he begins to describe what you have. He says in verse 19, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ and raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come and on and on it goes. But this says that you have the same power on the inside of you that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now, don't you think that that's enough to heal your headache or cancer or whatever it is that you're dealing with? You have the same power that raised Christ from the dead. You know, if somehow or another you could hook God's power up to one of these VU meters that shows, you know, the power uh, of something, the strength of a signal or something, and if you were to put like creation on that VU meter... Well, it might, you know, move a little bit, but the resurrection from the dead of Jesus would have to be the greatest manifestation of God's power, even greater than creation. Because in creation, there was no opposition. Even though it was miraculous that God created the entire universe, there was no opposition. But at the resurrection of Jesus... Satan and all of his forces were there to oppose it, and yet they could not stop Jesus coming out of the grave, totally victorious with the keys of death and of hell dangling at his side. And so the resurrection of Jesus has to be the greatest display of his power that God has ever had, and yet it says that you have the same power that raised Christ from the dead. That is more than enough to heal ALS, any kind of cancer, any kind of neurological disease, anything that could be going on, dementia, ALS, anything. It's all done. You got the same power on the inside of you. It's not out there. It's inside. And all you got to do is get it out. Let me read this verse to you out of Philemon chapter 1. And this is the Apostle Paul praying for his friend, Philemon, and he said, I pray that the communication of your faith may become effectual. How? By the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. 
He didn't say that the communication, the word communicate is what I'm doing right now. I'm taking things that God has shown me and has put on the inside of me and I'm releasing them. I'm communicating them unto you. So you could say that the release of your faith or the release of this power becomes effectual. How? By acknowledging everything that you already have. It's not by praying and getting more, asking God to come touch you. Oh, God, increase my faith. It's acknowledging what you already have. And I'm telling you that when you got born again, you already have the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead living on the inside of you. I keep pointing to my belly because over in John chapter 7, Jesus said, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. And then the next verse says, this spake he of the spirit that they that believed upon him would receive. So Jesus said, out of your belly is where the spirit comes from. I don't know if that's just, uh, you know, symbolic or if, if really the Holy Spirit lives in your belly. I don't know. But some of us look like we got more of the Holy Spirit than others. But it's not true. Amen. Every person who's been born again, you have the fullness of the Godhead dwelling in you bodily. The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. It's just inches away from whatever sickness or disease is affecting your body. But it has to travel through your soul. So imagine this. Imagine that I have a pipe up here over my head. And over on this side is the spirit. And that spirit has the raising from the dead power on the inside of it. And over here on this side of the pipe, this is your body. And imagine it like a pipe, you know, with a faucet on it. And then it's got... Uh, it's got one of these valves that you turn. Uh, you know, the water in your house is like this. You got this water in these pipes, but it doesn't come out of the spigot until you open the valve. So here is the spirit over here, but your mind, your emotions are the valve that controls the flow of this life-giving power over here, whether it ever comes over to the physical body and comes out. And so your mind is the key. It's the valve. And if you're thinking that you're only a body and a soul, and so you pray and you ask God for healing, and then you search the body and the soul, and if you don't feel it, if you didn't have some emotional rush, you would come to the conclusion that, well, God hasn't done anything yet. But according to the scripture, the moment you ask, you receive. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Verse 8, everyone that asks receives. He that seeks finds and to him that knocks it shall be opened. Going back to that verse I've already quoted in Mark chapter 11, verse 24. Whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and then you shall have them. There is a future manifestation. It could only be a few seconds or it could be a day or a week. But you have to believe you receive when you pray. Now, how can you believe that God has done something if all you think exists is just this physical and emotional realm? Because you search your body, you could even go to the doctor and the doctor says, nope, you still got the same tumor, you still got the same diabetes, you still got the same problem. And so if you are just looking in the physical realm or in the emotional realm, you're going to miss God. 
But if you can understand that the real you is a spirit being and God is a spirit. And when God answers your prayer, it comes into the spirit first. And then as you renew your mind, as you turn this valve, you start letting what's in your spirit flow out into your physical body. If you can understand this, then even though I pray and I don't feel one single thing emotionally or physically, I know according to the word of God, according to this mirror, it's the words that I speak unto you. They are spirit and they are life. John six sixty three. I look and I say, Father, I asked, I did receive. Your body will say, no, you didn't receive. And I'll say, yes, I did. The word of God, the spiritual mirror. I can't see it with my eyes. You've never seen your face directly with your eyes, but you have seen it reflected and you can see what you look like. I can see the reflection of what's happening in the spirit realm right here as I hold up the word of God that says by his stripes, I was healed. First Peter 2, 24. It's a done deal. I've got this healing power on the inside of me. And then as I begin to start thinking that way, it says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. That word transforms, a Greek word metamorpho, where we get the word metamorphosis from, where a caterpillar spins a cocoon and then comes out this beautiful butterfly. If you want to change from something that's earthbound to something that can fly and is beautiful, if you want transformation, it happens by the renewing of your mind. As you begin to say, well, I don't feel it. I can't perceive it in my soul or in my body, but the word of God says by his stripes, I was healed. First Peter 2, 24. It's in the past tense. It's already been done. I have the raising from the dead power on the inside of me. Ephesians chapter one, verse 19, the same power that raised Christ from the dead. And as you begin to start thinking that way, speaking that way, acting that way, you know what that does? That, that opens that valve and all of a sudden this life that was in there starts flowing through the soul and into the physical body. So here is the power of God in your spirit, but it has to go through your mind to get to your physical body. If you are thinking wrong, you will get wrong results. Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Your life is right now the way that you have thought it to be. Now, some of you may take a, a issue with that and say, No, I, I've got cancer and I never thought about cancer. I, it wasn't even on my radar. But you were thinking that I'm only human. I'm just a man. And so when some problem happens, you, you responded and you went and found out you got cancer and you were just thinking like a mere mortal man. You may not have thought I want cancer, but you weren't thinking according to the scripture that says like in Psalms chapter 91, that no plague will come nigh my dwelling. Only with my eyes will I see the reward of the wicked. You weren't thinking who you were in Christ and what you had. You may not have been wanting cancer, thinking about it, but you were thinking just natural. And as a result, you had natural things happen to you. Your life is going the way of your dominant thought, whether you realize it or not. And you've got to realize that in the spirit, you are a completely brand new person. In Ephesians chapter four, verse 24, it says, put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness 
and true holiness. Again, I could spend a lot of time on that verse sharing with you the things that the Lord has shown me, but it says you were created this way. You aren't growing into this. You aren't progressing towards it. You were created righteous and truly holy the moment you got born again. I've been in churches where people say, oh, God, just make me righteous. And I want to say, get born again. And the sad fact is they are born again and don't realize this. Now, their actions may not be righteous. It may not be doing the right thing. Their thoughts may not be righteous. But the true them, the spiritual man, was created in righteousness and true holiness. 1 John chapter 4, verse 17 says, Herein is our love made perfect, that we uh, might have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, speaking of Jesus, so are we in this world. It didn't say so are we going to be in the next world. The average Christian believes that salvation it, it wipes away our sin and helps us to deal with the guilt and condemnation, but nothing physically happens in reality until we go to heaven. Now, it is true that when we get to heaven, we're going to receive a glorified body and we're going to receive a soul that has been renewed so that we will know all things even as also we are known. That's true. That's going to take place in heaven. But right now, your spirit is perfect. It is brand new. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. And that verse that I just quoted, 1 John 4, 17 says, As Jesus is right this moment, how is he? Do you think he's sick? Do you think he's poor? Do you think he's depressed, discouraged? Man, Jesus is perfect. He's Lord God Almighty. He's got perfect power, perfect health, perfect wisdom, perfect everything. And as he is, so are we in this world, not just in the one to come. You can't see that in your physical body. Your physical body is going to have to change. The Bible says, 1 Corinthians 15, that this mortal must put on immortality and this corruptible must put on incorruption. Your physical body is going to change and you will receive a glorified body. It says again, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, that now we only see through a glass darkly. We do not understand everything, but there's coming a day that we will get a perfect perfect mind up here. But right now, in your spirit, you have the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians 2, 16. You know all things. 1 John chapter 2, verse 20 says, we have an unction from the Holy One and we know all things. Did you know most people, they read a scripture like that and then they go look and they, they can't even remember where they put their car keys they can't find their glasses and their glasses are on top of their head. And they just think, man, I don't know all things. The Bible is so hard to understand. It's not talking about your little peanut-sized brain up here, your physical mind. None of us know everything with our physical mind. But 1 Corinthians 2.16, you have the mind of Christ. And Colossians chapter 3, verse 10 says that you have been renewed in knowledge, put on the new man, which has been renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. That makes it very clear. It's the new man part of you, not your physical body, not your soulish mind, but in your spirit, you are renewed in knowledge. You are completely brand new. And coming back to the subject of healing, in your spirit, you already have the same power that raised Jesus Christ 
from the dead. It's not out there. It's inside of you. And it's a matter of releasing it through the renewing of your mind. It says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you want to come from a person who's fighting sickness and allergies and you've lived a life of sickness and you just don't know how to be well, if you want to be transformed, renew your mind. Specifically, with these truths, that in your spirit, you're already complete. You know, I've referred to this three or four times already. Let me just turn over here and read this to you. Out of Colossians chapter 2 and in verse 9 it says for in him talking about Jesus in him dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead bodily and verse 10 and you are complete in him which is the head of all principality and power so in Jesus is the completion of God matter of fact Jesus said that if you've seen me You've seen the Father, John chapter 14. Over in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, it says he is the express image of his person. The word express image there means a perfect representation. Perfect. So Jesus is God manifest in the flesh. First uh, Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. He's God manifest in the flesh. He's perfect and you are in him and you are are complete, and that means perfect. In your spirit, your spirit is identical to Jesus. 1 John 4, 17 again, as he is, so are we in this world. You are healed in your spirit. You have the mind of Christ. You have the faith of Christ. You have his power, his anointing. You know all things, 1 John 2, 20. 1 John 2, 27 says that uh, there you have... Uh, an anointing teaches you everything. And as that has taught you, you shall abide in him. You've got an anointing that takes what is already real in your spirit and transfers it to your soul and then through your body. But you have to show up for class. The Holy Spirit is sent to be our instructor. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you through me right now and telling you, that in your spirit, you've already got it. You've got all of the power that you need for whatever healing that you need. And you can, you can get out of your wheelchair. You can get up off of your bed. You can begin to move and do things that you couldn't do. But you know what? Most of us have a mind that has been taught, oh, if I do that, I could really hurt myself. Oh, if I did something like, I just can't do that. Here's what the doctor said. And you have a choice. Are you going to believe, are you going to think on what God's word says, that by his stripes you were healed, that that same raising from the dead power is on the inside of you? Are you going to believe that? And are you going to begin to open up this valve and start letting the life of God that's on the inside of you flow into your body? Or are you going to go by what you've been taught? That all of your life you've been lactose intolerant and you have spent an entire lifetime, decades, telling yourself, I can't eat this, I can't do that. Are you going to let that think? And if you do, you close the valve. You stop the power of God from flowing. You know, if you're dealing with sickness in your physical body, as I said earlier, in your born-again spirit, you are just inches away from the resurrection power of God. But it's in a different dimension. It's in the spiritual realm. 
and not in the physical realm. And the only way to go from the spiritual realm into the physical realm is through this bridge of the soul. If you could imagine, you know, like here's a mountain over here or something, and here's a mountain over here, and there's this great gulf in between. How do you get from one point to the other? If you had a bridge, you could, you could make that transition. And this is what your mind does. You have to focus on who you are in Christ and what you have in Christ. And once you begin to understand this, this has just revolutionized my life. It has changed me because I no longer am trying to get healed. Even when I have a sickness or a pain, some, something happening in my physical body, I'm no longer saying, oh God, would you please come heal me? But instead, I'm starting from who I am and what I have in Christ. And I'm not fighting to get healed. I'm fighting because I'm already healed. I'm fighting against any unrenewed mind, against what I feel in my body, against what a doctor says or what other people have to say. And I'm sitting here saying, no, I've already got it. I have this supernatural raising from the dead power on the inside of me, and I refuse to allow this to happen. Now, this, again, lays a groundwork. This is not everything that there is. You have to learn, how do I release this life that's on the inside of me? I said it's through the renewing of the mind, and that's true. But how do you do it? And we'll be teaching on this, the other instructors, as we go further into this. But let me just say that Proverbs 18, 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. I had a man come to me recently, and he says, I believe everything you're saying. And I know that I've got this power, but I just don't know how to release it. I need power. I need something. And you know what? I just, the Lord just spoke to me and he says, you got power in your mouth, death and life in the power of your tongue. You're acting like you're powerless. You're acting like there's this great reservoir of God's power over there, but you don't have a key to open it. And I said, your word, your words are the key that unleashes the power of God. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And I said, right there, start speaking. Start saying, by his stripes, I am healed. I refuse to die, but I will live and declare the works of the Lord. And I just started teaching him some things. Now, again, we will go into more detail on this, but I'm just saying that the principle exists, that you've already got everything in Christ, but you've got a need over here in your body. How do you get what's in Christ to flow over here to the physical realm? You use your authority. We've got an entire teaching on the authority of the believer. You start, it's voice activated. The power of God is voice activated. You start speaking the word of God. And instead of speaking what you feel, speak what the word of God says you have. Jesus said it this way in, in uh, Mark chapter 11, verse 23. He says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever shall say Unto this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. So Jesus said, speak to your mountain. Don't speak to God about your mountain. Don't talk to God about your problem, but talk to your problem about God. And then he said, you will have whatsoever you say. Most people are saying what they have, they say what they feel in their body or in their soul. But Jesus said, you can have what you say. Don't just say what you have. 
Have what you say. Begin to start speaking with your words. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And start speaking that I have the resurrection power of God in me. And it's not staying in my spirit. It is flowing out through my soul as I speak these words. I am releasing this supernatural, raising from the dead power. And now body, remember, speak to your mountain about God. Now body, I command you to quit hurting. I command you to function the way that God created you to be. I release this supernatural power of God with my words. Now see, you can't do that if you don't think you already have it. You might be thinking, well, I'd be speaking out of turn. How do I know that God is going to do it? If God has already done it, if you already have this power on the inside of you, then it's up to you. You release it. That's good and bad. That means that, praise God, God gave you the keys, but it means if you don't use them, God's not going to do it for you. And some of you are just asking God, oh God, please heal me, not understanding that he's put healing on the inside of you and you have to draw it out. You release your faith by acknowledging every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. That's what I've been sharing today, that in the spirit realm, you now are perfect. You are identical to Jesus. You have his power, his authority, his faith. And all you've got to do is begin to renew this mind, begin to use your words and your authority. You start cooperating with God and this life of God that's on the inside of you will come out. You don't have to just pray and wait on God to do something. God has put his power on the inside of you and you can stir it up and release it anytime you want to. But it all comes through, Jesus said, John 6, 63, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. You've got to get into the words. You've got to hold this mirror up and find out what you have, what is rightfully yours. And you have this healing power of God on the inside of you. It's at your disposal. James 4, 7, submit yourselves therefore unto God. I could say this in a thousand ways, but when it comes to healing, start believing what God says about you. Start saying what God says about you. And then it says, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Resist that sickness. Resist that paralysis. Resist these symptoms. And you start standing on it and you start thinking properly. You open up that valve and I guarantee you this power of God that's in your spirit will flow right through your soul and into your body. I agree with you in Jesus' name that this truth is setting you free, that healing power is coming into your physical body and that you are healed of whatever sickness, whatever plague has come against you. That same power that raised Christ from the dead is inside of you, flowing through your soul and into your physical body today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. My whole body started shaking. And I couldn't stop it. I was really... All right. So, <laughs> now it's your turn. <laughs> New revelation? Anything new? I think it's amazing that the power is in us. we just got to get our head out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really hard because we're taught not to depend on things like that. <laughs>
But I believe what the Word of God says is real. Absolutely. Versus what our body tells us. Yes. Or even outside doctors or whatever. Um, it's just like Jesus said. You know, what, what do you believe? Who do you believe? Whose report will you believe? I like that he talked about the bridge. Yeah. Between the body and the soul. Well, the body and the, the, the spirit and the body mm -hmm. through the soul. Mm -hmm. And I love that he talked about that, again, it's always us. Yeah. You know, it's like God is so patient. He gives us all this, but we, like with salvation, we've got to ask. Yeah. You know, we've got to, you know, there's all these things that believe we have him. to do. And he's telling us, you know, that we've got to speak it. We've got to mm -hmm. speak to our mountain, to mm -hmm. our issues mm -hmm. and then claim it as the as the Bible says mm -hmm. we are mm -hmm. and of course you know that you know it's through Jesus that we're able to do all this mm -hmm. which is really cool mm -hmm. knowing that we already have it yeah it's, it's not out here uh -huh. you know we yeah. used to pray and you know for healing to come down or whatever and we're healed it's in we our it's already here. We just need to release it. Mm -hmm. Do you know that? <clears throat> you know, every time we we have a we have a commandment, you know, about you know, especially, and I love Mark eleven twenty three and mm -hmm. twenty four, and everybody knows that one, and everybody says it. I love Mark eleven twenty two. Yeah. <laughs> Mark yeah. eleven twenty two is the one that yeah. I really enjoyed on Sunday morning, screaming and hollering about, but. but Mark eleven twenty two is where Jesus is basically he's already cursed the fig tree. Yeah. He's already told it to die. Now it didn't die that minute. Mm -hmm. It died. It started to die. Mm -hmm. The process. The, the root was starting to die, but it looked like a fig tree, and they walked on. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> the next day, Jesus goes into the synagogue and he flips tables, and the money changers are getting all upset at him, but. I mean, there was guys with swords. It was the temple guards. They would have cut him down. Mm -hmm. And they watched a man flip 500-pound tables over. Not like I pushed it over, but like <laughs> end over end is the way that the Greek talks about it. His disciples watched him walk on water. One of his disciples had already walked on water. He sank after a little bit, but he began to sink. Right, so he actually got the benefit. So when Peter is all excited about the fig tree, <coughs> Master, the the fig tree died in your word. The ignite, you know, the the just anger that I could just see Jesus's face is like, have faith in God, dude. What are you talking about? We just did all this other stuff. You've seen all these other things. And this is the thing. So Mark 11, 23 and 24 is, is the ability for us to say when we believe, we receive. Yeah. Not that we work, right? And, and that's one of the things I think when we're believing something that a lot of times people think, well, I'm having to pray a lot. I'm having to do something you know, oh, I've got to get more people to pray. I've got to get more people involved. But Jesus is actually telling us that all you have to do is believe yeah. 
absolutely. And just say. Yeah, exactly. It, it's it's yeah. not hard. It's it's something that's very. And the thing is, the disciples, especially Peter, over and over and over again, thought to themselves, I've got to, I've got to do what the Pharisees do. There's got to be something grand. There's got to be something. You know, Jesus, most of the time, is just walking down the road, and all of a sudden, yeah. somebody grabs his, his, you know, grabs his jeans and goes, what? I felt power come out of me. He didn't go walking in the middle of, you know, and said, I am God. He, in fact, he stayed away from that because he wanted people to believe God. The parables, all of that stuff was for them to go, this is easy. I get it. <laughs> and don't you think he always said, he said many times in the Bible, he said, your faith. Yeah, he always said, your faith is done something, you know, saved you, or whatever, you know, yeah. salvation, yeah. whatever it was, it was your faith he was always so impressed with. Well, just like the woman with the issue of blood, what, what did it say there? It said that she had spent everything she had, and she went to many doctors. Mm -hmm. This woman had worked hard to get rid of the issue of blood. Yeah. And the moment that she saw Jesus, she said, I could just touch his, the hem of his garment. It wasn't like if I could get Jesus to pray for me, if I could get him to do anything. It was the moment that he said, hey, all I got to do is, I got to do that. Yeah. So when we're believing and then we're speaking, mm -hmm. it you know, are there rocks that we need to maybe get out of our belief system? The answer is yes. But see, that's what the Word is supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. so, so one of the things Andrew always says, and he he really didn't say it that much, but he, you know, he says that, you know, prayer is not supposed to be for when the enemy is attacking. Right. The word is not supposed to be for when the enemy attacks. Mm -hmm. We're supposed to be in the word, renewing our mind, mm -hmm. and then when the enemy comes along, we're just like, yeah. Yeah. it's a little thing. Yeah. Get, get out of yeah. here. Mm -hmm. That's right. It, it's because it's nothing to the Spirit of God. Absolutely. But we become the roadblock that stops God from moving through us uh -huh. when we go, yeah. oh, I don't know if I, I, I don't, I don't know what to say here. Uh -huh. you know, Jesus actually told his disciples when he sent them two by two, he said, go out. Mm -hmm. I don't want you to take scrolls. I don't want you to write anything down. I bet some of them sounded really stupid. Have you ever heard of some... I went to some ministers and I thought, gosh, these people are dumb. And the thing is, is that I've seen some of them that were really powerful. They were laid hands on the sick and they saw them recover. And I was like, they said the stupidest thing that I could have ever imagined. And it's because it wasn't about what they did. It wasn't about all that. It was about him... It was about them going... I'm just willing to to just be there and speak and just I'm, I showed up, right? I think a lot of times we need to believe that when we show up, he's a, he's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just a vessel; he flows through. Absolutely, his life through us. And too, I know that with me that um, the more I'm in the Word or or doing something like taking the Word, I mean, taking the world out, you know, just locking that out um, and concentrating on the Lord that peace it's amazing how much more peace there is in life 
when you yeah. just get rid of the world. Yeah, there is no peace in this world. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's Philippians good. four. If you're putting in, if you're putting in good things, then that's what you're going to think of, yeah, right? Yeah, right? I mean, yeah. Philippians four verses eight through like eleven. It just tells you whatsoever things are good, whatsoever yeah. things are true. Think on these things. That's right. You know. So, so getting in the Word and renewing your mind, you take away the bad things to think on. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's like I always said. You can't. It's easier to build a storm, build a house on a bright sunny day, than it is to try to build it in a tornado or in a storm. Yes. You know. So as we renew our mind. For what the word says. You don't want trailer faith. No. Right. Come on. Wind, wind wagons. <laughs> you don't want a wind wagon. Yeah. Yeah. You get that trailer faith and the storm <laughs> comes along and blows it over. <laughs> yeah. I've heard a trailer faith before. I know. Yeah. Romans 12, 3 says that every man has been given the measure of faith. Where do we get that? The Spirit. The Spirit of God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he says, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought, because every man has been given. So, the you measure. Know, the measure. So, I mean, the measure is the Spirit. Mm -hmm. It's only inside of us. It is there. We're wall-to-wall -wall Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. You know, the first time I ever preached at uh, Faith Temple, you know, we were going there and I, I stood up in front of everybody and I said, I'm one third God on the inside of me, right there. And Heather goes, Don't say that. You're not supposed to say you're God on the inside. Well, the Spirit of God lives on the inside of me, is there? I mean, I'm not saying I am God, but I am a child of God. And if I, it'd be a little bit like this you go take a blood test, that's my mom right there. We take a blood test. It's gonna find you're gonna find sure. out she's mama, right? right? But the thing is, is that, I didn't know that. <laughs> in the spirit, baby. we go take familiar. the we go take the spirit test. The spirit is gonna match. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna be a part of the yeah. same spirit. That's right. So we need we need to remember that 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 we are in the bloodline, mm -hmm. the spiritual bloodline of faith. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We follow him. <coughs> Absolutely. That's right. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, and, and a great reference to that is when, you know, Jesus and the disciples, they saw somebody casting demons out or something, you know, and they, they said, Jesus, do you want us to call down fire from heaven? And he said, you don't know what spirit you're of. You know, they didn't recognize yet that they had the spirit of God <coughs> with them. And um, so we know that we have a different spirit. The word even says we're born again. When you're born again, all things have become new. It's as if it never existed. So our spirit man is new and one third, one third God. Holy yeah. Ghost inside. You know, and a lot of times we, we, don't, we, we don't take into account that they lived until Jesus rose again mm -hmm. and put his blood on the mercy seat. Yeah. They were living in the old covenant. Yeah, right. A lot of times yeah. people don't remember that. They think yeah. the moment Jesus came on the planet, yeah. that's when the new covenant no. started. No, no. 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 they had not put not their the faith in him, they had not 
they had not actually gotten born again. Right. It wasn't until after Jesus mm -hmm. was resurrected yeah. that that could even be. Yeah. In yeah. fact, I will tell you straight up, most of them left him. Most of them went yeah. and did all this. He had they to go did. corral them back up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they did. Then, in fact, I think some of them, the day of Pentecost, got saved. Probably. I think some of them just said, I still don't know if yeah. I'm going to believe this. Uh -huh. Because they had to do Romans 10, 9, and 10, just like everybody mm -hmm. else. Oh, yeah. They didn't have a special kind of yeah. save, saving. Yeah. They were they were being saved just like we did. They had to yeah. believe. They had to receive. Mm -hmm. And if they didn't, then they didn't get saved. Right. That's and and that, that's one of the things that we have to understand is that when we hear all this stuff yeah. and we go, man, the disciples... Well, I, you know, I feel like I'm more like the disciples than I am anybody else. No. You, you're not. Brand new covenant. You have, you have the Spirit of God that's on the inside of you. You just got to renew your mind. Yeah, yeah. That's our part, to renew our mind to what God said. That's right. Mm -hmm. Well, didn't they all say that day? Because that's when the Holy Spirit came down on them. So... Well, in John, it actually says, I think in John 20 or 21, it says that he said, receive thee the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. But it also said on the day of Pentecost mm -hmm. that many were saved. Yeah. So because you, there was non-believers there too. Yeah, I mean, they had, because I mean, they're the ones that said they're drunk. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So there was a lot of people watching too, just watching mm -hmm. what was going on. Well, there was... I mean, let's just say this. Jesus shows up. He goes to his 12 disciples. He goes and tells them to go to the upper room. They go around. They pull about 300-something people into the upper room. They stay there for a while. Do you know that, that, you know, there wasn't just the 12. There was the 70 and their families. Right. Right? So, I mean, you have to understand that, that there, there was people that was like, yeah, I'm going to show up, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. And so we we just have to kind of we have to kind of go with what the word says and not what you know our thoughts because our thoughts will say, well you know, the disciples were special. They weren't special. Mm -hmm. They were no, the same as us. us. Mm -hmm. Gives us amazing hope. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. Makes me absolutely. feel good every time I think. Yeah. About it. Yeah. Sure does yeah. because. And and his command for them was to follow him, just just mm -hmm. follow him, mm -hmm. and that was their, you know. I think he was keeping them, in you know because he even says in John seventeen, you know, you've been kept by my word. So I that they are they were in the old covenant, but I still think they were they were following him. They chose to follow him. And so, um, but but they weren't born again. Well, the, anoint, the anointing until, he put on them, they yeah. did not have the anointing in them right. until after right. that. Right, yeah. He because, was with them, but he wasn't in them. Because he would say, yeah. I have given you power. Right. When he says, I gave you something, yeah. that was a, that was a, I put the anointing on them. Yeah. Now, when we get saved, the anointing is in us. Yes, right. Right. We have the, so yeah. calling fire down from heaven, yeah. all that kind of yeah. stuff, the same spirits yeah. on the inside of us yeah. as was there oh, yeah. With, yeah. with, you know, mm -hmm. Elijah and everybody else. So but it he, intrigues me that they actually thought, they knew, they have, they either knew or they thought they had the power to do that. Right. Because they asked Jesus, yeah. 
do you want us to call down fire from heaven? You know, they either knew or they at least thought that they had that kind of power in them. You know, or had that authority. They right. had that authority. So, and and it, like you said, then once we're born again, it's even better. We've got it even better than they had it. Oh, yes. yes. Absolutely. So, because now we've got the Spirit in us and on us. <laughs> and all around us. Wall to wall. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> yes. Good. Thank you, Jesus. Good. Thank y'all for all that comment. Thank you, Dusty. I appreciate you. I'm, I'm, I'm here for the I'm here for comedic effect. <laughs> no, you're doing good. Yeah. I love it. I love it. That's what I like to talk. Hearing what hearing how it hits people's heart because revelation is what we want. We want to know that we know that we know that what God said is true. So, all right, y'all are on break unless you got something else. Y'all beat Kelly. She's um, she's a friend of mine. She's been through.